0: Welcome back to Archives for Aliens, the podcast recorded for future life on Earth, planet Earth, consciousness, creativity, the nature of reality, cool people making things, and life outside the box. This week's guest, we have Robert Castillo, who's a multi instrumentalist, composer, and arranger, music producer, visual artist, meditation instructor, and community organizer. I met Robert a few years back when he was curating a space that I was in, and I'm so thankful that we've had this opportunity to reconnect and dive in on a deeper level. I do want to apologize for the slight audio interference that you may experience during this transmission, but I want to reassure you that it is still well worth the listen to, and you are definitely going to want to hear all about the very interesting adventures of Robert's life. and a little bit about his process for creating visual art and how this relates to his experience uh, being trained as a musician.
1: Welcome to Archives for Aliens, podcast recorded for Future Life on Earth. Thank you so much for being
2: here. Yeah, thank you, Jasmine, for having me. That's such a great name. It reminds me of those uh, time travel boxes that that kids would would, uh, bury in the ground.
1: Oh yeah. That is wonderful. That is kind of what I'm thinking of it as like an audio audio time capsule.
2: Hmm, perfect. Yeah, yeah, time capsule, that's that's the word.
1: Yeah. So the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm shuffling a random image deck here and we're gonna use this card or you're gonna use this card to kind of lead the flow of the night.
2: Okay, right on. So as
1: soon as you see the image you can start describing it. They're Mm. not supposed to be, you know, literal. So you can just go off on any tangent,
2: any, anything that it brings to mind, you just start, start going. Okay. Do you want this, uh, do you want this to be like story form or do you want uh, any format goes, anything goes?
1: Anything goes, whatever comes out of you.
2: Cool. Right on. Okay. We got your car. Oh, that's so interesting. It's a tunnel. At first I thought that that was, in utah i remember because the bottom there the pavement if that's pavement it's interesting because the glare of the computer makes it either look like snow at first i thought it was sand um but i think it's a a pavement of a tunnel uh which is really interesting when you brought it up to me also there are these really interesting lines uh that that really form this super deep perspective um and shows that there are these these different tunnels essentially uh, I thought they was, those were mountains the first time I saw them, and it reminded me of uh, one time when I was driving to Birmingham. I went through central Utah as opposed to Salt Lake, and that was really one of the best decisions I've ever made because uh, that mountainscape was really beautiful. But this is interesting. I mean, maybe that snow, it's wide enough. Uh, there's like maybe a train coming in from the left. There's some street lights and a green square that could be a mailbox or some sort of metering device. It looks like there are semi-trucks coming toward me, though, Uh, and then again, some sort of, uh, perspective pillars uh, actually in this tunnel garage like space, I would certainly guess we're underground here.
1: Very interesting. And how do you think this relates to something that you'd like to share with the world
2: tonight? Hmm. Okay. Right on. Yeah. This perspective depth is so, the depth of this perspective is really, really interesting. Uh. And I suppose one thing I definitely want to make sure I share is that that this reminds me of how vast life, capital L, is. It is infinitely vast. It is infinitely interesting. Every single square millimeter of everything is so fascinating. Uh, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's interesting how
2: often the word perspective comes up with these. Hmm. Interesting. Do you have others in front of you too? Could do you mind if I peek at some others, or is that off limits? I'll, I'll
1: give you. I'll give you a little sneak
2: peek. Cool. Oh wow. Some of the other options. Interesting. Was there a penguin on one of those? Oh, are those eggs? <laughs> this is this is funny. This reminds me of the. Have you ever played the card game Dixit? D i x i t. No, I
1: haven't.
2: Ah, that's Dixit is Latin for say it. And it's really interesting. It's sort of like apples to apples, except with these. It's very imaginative, uh, and there are these very elaborate cards essentially that you have to describe. Uh, it's really, really fun. Uh, this this activity reminded me of that game. D I X I T. Fix it.
1: That sounds awesome. I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm always yeah, looking for new like interactive games
2: like that. Yeah, totally.
1: And so before we get too deep into the conversation here, I wanna uh-huh. give you a chance uh to tell tell the listeners a little bit about what you believe about the nature of reality. So it's like we get to know you prompt here.
2: Mm. Just like one of the things I've observed about it.
1: Yeah, or it could be ongoing beliefs or just like your
2: belief of the week. It's really you. Oh, for, you. for sure. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I sincerely have been ruminating on this idea that it is sincerely not uh, anything. Well, I don't know how to quite say this yet. Um, I believe that it is definitely not my own will or doing that I create the things that I create. It's certainly the more that I allow the universe to express itself through me, the more I get out of the way and just let that expression happen. Like, that's when, when really some like beautiful stuff happens. Um, and, you know, getting out of your own way does take a lot of work. Uh, takes a lot of, you know, perseverance. Uh, but it is definitely, the work is very worth it. Because, you know, to, to see what the universe can do through this, like, very limited mucus-based life form, it's pretty cool, you know? What else could the universe do? Probably an infinitude of things.
1: I like that answer. And do you think of it as like a partnership, being in partnership with the universe? Or is Uh, it just flowing through you?
2: I don't know that I've ever thought that word partnership before. Honestly, when you said that first, it made me think think of dance partners. I love dancing. I love dancing. Uh, And I love that idea of being dance partners with the universe. That's so cool. Oh, just like salsa dancing particularly, or EDM, you know, just out of Burning Man. I've referenced Burning Man many times. I've been there four times. I love it so much. Uh, But yeah, dance partners. Yeah, that's nice. I like this. Usually I've just thought of it as your latter example of uh, just letting it flow through. But I mean, what's the difference?
1: I'm not really sure. I know somebody brought that up to me. There was one time when I was using some kind of resistance type word about having to fight something in the universe. you're like, oh, but you could just dance with it. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, and then it's like even a negative energy or something that feels like it's in your way. It's like you can just move over a little bit and like bounce off of it. Kind of a thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Certainly.
1: I think it's really interesting that your art your art has a lot of dance in it,
2: for sure.
1: I didn't know that you liked to dance, but that makes a lot of sense.
2: Oh my God. Okay, so my bedroom was in the basement of uh, our home, the house I grew up in. And my parents' sound system was down there. And my parents are very good at dancers. They've won competitions. And so I would not go to sleep until they were done dancing. So <laughs> it was just like, you know, I'm a first generation American, which is something I'm really understanding has led me to have an existence that Some people definitely don't. There is a difference in being a first-generation American, like, like you know, for example, uh, uh, physical contact was very common. You know, you hug someone, you kiss them on the cheek. It's like not anything sexual. It's just how you interact, how you greet a person, or even uh, you know, nudity at home. My parents walked around the home naked. Like I found nudity to be something very uh, natural, non-sexual, very early, Um, and those specifically have been things that I've been uh, reminiscing or ruminating on in this past year of shutdown, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, Just, you know, developing a healthier relationship with my whole self, uh, just ruminating on things that, that, you know, have certainly influenced me.
1: That is fascinating to have, like, both those perspectives, you know, growing up differently. Do you think that's allowed you
2: to
1: see kind of where some of the sicknesses
2: or like mm. start points of Americans are. Yes, because of myself, you know, the sickness. I, I cannot by any means say that I'm flawless. Um and, you know, it really took a dismantling of my life. It really feel it felt like to uh to to see those sicknesses within me. And certainly, you know, I had help with a therapist. Therapists are great. Like let's destroy the stigma of, of talking to a therapist, it's really wonderful to have someone's perspective who, who you don't know too. So like, you can just like talk with them. Uh, I was doing this on the phone because on COVID, you know, we weren't doing in person and it was really great to just do it on the phone. It was a super anonymous conversation that this person was really able to help me with. Uh, and you know, just doing some other things as well, like reading, reading is a super powerful tool for, for self-change. Um. But yeah, I feel like I've gone on, uh, on a tangent now. I've, I've uh, forgotten the initial question, but I think I'm you know, still on topic.
1: No, that's great. Therapists are great. We talk about yeah. that a lot here. I feel
2: like they're kind Oh, of right on.
1: About cool. every other
2: episode. So. Oh, the sicknesses. That's what you were saying. Uh, yeah, you know, she was really able to help me fix those sicknesses, uh, and you know, obviously, a lot of other things. My wife is the most. Divine, radiant, angelic being that has ever existed, uh, ever. So I feel pretty grateful and fortunate to, uh, be in a relationship with her. Um, we've been friends since, uh, we were 14 and 15. Uh, and, you know, I actually, on, I'm going to mute myself because I'm about to cough. Give me a sec. We actually met in high school jazz band and I was walking up the stairs to the jazz band room, to the band room, and there was this piano playing and it was the most beautiful piano playing I'd ever heard and then like who else was there playing the piano but Catherine yeah. that is beautiful so yeah,
1: she's your only girlfriend Uh,
2: no it actually took three years for her to come around to being into me <laughs> 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 you know I'd given up at some point um, but then finally one day she was like oh you know what uh, I like you I'm like oh well Sorry, current girlfriend. You know, my soulmate beckons. <laughs> and, you know, we've uh, we, we then dated for, for six years, and then we've almost been married for six, another six years. That's so cool to know that
1: those things happen. I don't think I've hmm. ever met anyone
2: who knew their, their current partner. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm finding more and more that it's not common it really, you know, it increases my interest in sharing that story uh, to know that that does exist. Cause. Yeah, hmm.
1: I think it yeah, used it, to be pretty common.
2: Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I don't, I don't know. <clears throat> I just felt it with, with Catherine very, very early on. Just, I don't know, it's new in a way that is so intuitive. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. And I mean, we've obviously grown changed so much in that time and obviously we've had to r- realize like okay like this relationship is, is the primary objective of life <laughs> uh if if that requires sacrifice on either of our ends um you know so be it just you know uh recognize that the, this is the primary objective you know it really truly is
1: have you both always believed that
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly we've had our, you know, tussles, not not physical, but just, like, you know, arguments. Uh, but we always, you know, remember that we love each other more than anything else. Uh, that we want to be here. I think one of the best things about having someone in a relationship that long and that is as deep and sincere as ours is, is that you know that you are always going to have someone just that will be your, your supporter, your friend, regardless of, like, Anything that you do, you will always have this friend. And it's really nice to be able to offer that too. That no matter anything, I will always be your best friend. Yeah.
1: Oh, um, did my
2: microphone go out? No, I can hear you just fine. And perhaps your ears went out. I'll chat. Your mic is fine. Perhaps your ears are out. <laughs> uh, okay. Is it- oh we all good now? I can hear you. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. okay. Here we go. What? <laughs> <laughs> just a little glitch in the system. Glitch in the Matrix. <laughs> it's a great movie. That's, you know, speaking of my wife again, the first, <laughs> we actually, oh, so I thought she was into me for so long because even when we were friends, like, I would go to her place and we'd watch the Matrix trilogy in her basement. Like, we wouldn't, like, hold hands even. Uh, we would just hang out like that. And I, like, so thought she was into me for a long time. But, you know, yeah,
1: well, I definitely do think there's something so special about having someone to ground
2: you like that. Wow, what a good word! I mean, certainly, <laughs> Catherine says there are honeydews and honeybees. Uh, she, I don't remember where she she heard this, uh, but there are honeydews and honeybees. Where I'm a definitely honeybee, uh, dude. I'm doing, I'm doing things, you know, dancing, everything. Uh, Katherine is definitely a honey, bee. She just be she embraces uh, s- s- being still and and just restful, and that's so important. I mean, that balance for one another. We balance each other very, very well. She reminds me to rest, uh, you know, and I support her to, you know in her endeavors. Those sorts of things.
1: yeah, I've definitely heard from a lot of artists or like entrepreneurs or just people that are kind of out there doing. Less traditional, more risky things. That mm. having someone like that, whether it's a partner, a best friend, or family member, is
2: like mm. yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. I, I wasn't aware that that was a common theme. Huh. It's
1: definitely something that I've noticed. It surprised me too because, you know, as I started meeting more artists, there was a time before I knew a lot of artists. I thought they were kind of loners,
2: mm. and
1: well, some artists are. I find that the ones that keep doing it for longer periods of time are definitely not. Usually, are not.
2: Yeah, yeah. You just have this this necessity to express.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me. I was looking at your website, and oh, right I love on. how you have the create over consume.
2: Yeah, right under your
1: name, that's the best.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's actually uh. Thank you. I'm so glad that you've commented on that. Okay, so there's this website I used to frequent called HighExistence.com. It's still super rad. I just like don't really spend time browsing the internet very often, unless I'm like researching. Honestly, um, I just you know one of the things I just uh, I'm a honey i honey do. I always have to be productive. Browsing the internet is slow. Social media, I post, I hop off. Right. <laughs> uh, I, sometimes I'll get lost in Instagram, but like I mean, there's just it's so fascinating. People share so well, so many beautiful things. And some people can really present their beautiful things really well. I was just talking to a friend about this today, actually like, you really got to be you know, aware of how you're presenting yourself on social media like you know uh, do I need to make sure this is horizontal, vertical? do I need to like post it in a square frame? you know the aesthetics of, of the presentation on social media is a very important thing if you're trying to like make it be the thing you do uh, you know but that's you know how about my soapbox? Uh, right
1: now, <laughs> um, I think it's interesting. Yeah. I think it's something people don't realize is that there is an art in in it all. Yeah,
2: yes, there is an art to everything. The way that you to hold yourself, the way you twirl your AirPod case, <laughs> it's just you know, there's an art to you know. Gosh, it's just an art to observe your art behind you. I'm so happy that this is the scene I get to look at as we converse. Just even this. This reminds me of the one right behind your, your head. It reminds me of a bridge. They're like steel bars, like construction. And your gradients are so phenomenal. That's one thing that I've always appreciated about your work is like your gradients. Uh, yeah, this well, is a cool you. thing to see. Yeah. yeah,
1: I don't know what it is. I'm like, I'm kind of obsessive about
2: them. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, it shows, it shows. I've always actually been curious to know about your process uh you know if, if if I may request that you post social content of, of how you create your images because there's I'm so curious to know I really am
1: <laughs> I would really love to do that I intend to do that often so thank yeah. you for the reminder
2: right on you know, yeah it's I'm not really actually, a reminder
1: it's just set up
2: yeah totally it's you know you got to think ahead I'm actually gonna Fingers crossed I'll I'll do this tonight. I think I will because I'm really on top of my to-do list at the moment. So I think I can venture to do this. But uh, I was plein air painting right before this. uh, I think I mentioned it before we started recording.
1: Yeah, tell Uh, us about this.
2: Oh, yes, Jasmine. Uh, Well, okay. So we're spring in Kansas City, which is just such a beautiful time of year. Kansas City is really just such a lovely place that (laughs) uh, is my home. Is where I, when I was 18... Uh, that's when I moved to Chicago, the area to Oregon, and then I moved back to Kansas City. In, was it 2016? And so I, I really have a connection with this land. Um, I really, really have a connection with this land. I I, I love being here. Uh, it's it is. It feels like home. It is home, honestly. And so I was plein air painting at the call point, uh, which is where the Missouri and the Kansas rivers meet, and it's so cool because you can see the line where they hit one the the uh, Kansas River is lighter in color than the Missouri River, and you can see that. And it is just really, really cool to see that. And the the city downtown is a, such a beautiful landscape. We have a truly beautiful architecture in the landscape. It's not huge, it's not massive, but it's really beautiful in its own way. Um, the Kaufman Center of the Performing Arts is one of the most beautiful buildings. It's like a conch shell or something, or like a like a I don't know. It's, it's really beautiful. Um, yeah. And so I was plein air painting there with a friend today. His name is Macy Pruitt. Awesome rapper. Sweet. I mean, and just awesome friend, right? So I'm in this beautiful environment, plein air painting. And I also today for the very first time used exclusively a palette knife and exclusively, exclusively impressionistic uh, uh, because uh, I'm taking art history class right now. And we literally I just read about the post impressionist and impressionist because I only started painting three years ago. Uh, And so I don't know the lineage of this stuff, right? I got my undergrad in jazz bass. We took three years of jazz history, and that only started in 1900. (laughs) Visual art is a much older tradition. And so there's a lot to just catch up on. And it's really, it's kind of a bummer, because I can't go super deep in everything. Like, I think Van Gogh had, like, uh, maybe two or three pages in this this history book. There's a lot of content. There's a lot of things, you know, I really wish we didn't skip over the Asian and African sections. Uh, That would have been cool if we didn't do that. But uh, you know, there's a lot of things there. There's a lot of uh, stuff to be excited about. And so today, I was planning painting only using a palette knife, just using these bold colors. I suppose I could go grab it. It's just right upstairs. Would yeah, you, you want to talk it?
1: about it.
2: Would you want to go? Would you want to see it? Could I, could I bring it down?
1: Yeah, let me just, I'll just pause this. That is so cool.
2: And oh, I definitely I just, am really interested in how your background as a musician influences the way that you play it and, like, your approach to painting. Uh, it's super interesting, actually. Because I went the academic route with music, I've right, got a jazz-based degree uh, as an undergrad. Um, I, whenever I create, you know, I'll just, do you want, would you like to be able to still see I'll have it right there. Yeah. But oh, yeah, because you probably have me relatively large enough. Yeah, I think I'm going to call it the four. Well, I don't know. Actually, I'm not here yet. Maybe just call point. That might make sense. Convergence. No, convergence. Okay, cool. Um, because I went the academic route. When I create music, when I write music, when I play, I really have to ex- exert effort to silence the voices of my professors that are saying, uh, that's too simple. That's too complex. Um, you know, just it shoulds, coulds, woulds, uh, uh, those sorts of things. Uh, because I have no instruction in visual art. I, the only time I took a visual, uh, oh, hmm, I took a like day class as an elementary school student, just like on a Saturday for a couple hours or something. And I took a trimester in seventh grade and I got a C in that class that's the only hard instruction i've ever had everything else is just feel just okay people tell me i have talent i don't i sincerely don't believe talent exists i really believe there's patience and attention to detail Hmm. patience is a difficult one to develop you know the most recent painting i did with my dad took 95 hours that's a lot of work i took a lot of research took a lot of i did two study paintings uh before to like make sure i got the technique right. You know, to do great stuff takes a great amount of time, but it's always so worth it. It's always so worth it because like what happens afterwards is just, you know, something that you're happy to associate your name with. Right. Or just mm-hmm. associate yourself with it. But you're just so happy. we'll know, bring connection or, or some sort of emotional illness, some sort of emotional response, which oftentimes is healing uh, to some degree in one way or another. Right? Just know that you're putting something out there in, in the world. And like, It's interesting. Can I talk about psychedelics? Is that okay?
1: Yeah, we also talk about that almost every episode.
2: Okay, right
1: off. <laughs> back, back to the psychedelic story.
2: <laughs> so I really love psychedelics. I, I've probably gone uh, out about uh, 80 times or so on either mushrooms, uh, LSD, or DMT. Really, really, only those. I did do uh, ketamine once, but I was—I I didn't feel anything from it, um, and I'm really glad I've really seen people go down the K hole, and it not. It's the—I don't know that I want to have that experience. You know, if that's your thing. Not for me, but you know, you know, you seem like you're having fun. Maybe I think I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't—I
1: don't, I don't um, know anything about that
2: one. I have to say, yeah, I've hear, um, been hearing about it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. But yeah, and you know, I avoid the ones that I know will cause problems. Uh, you know, you read the, you read the, uh, autobiography, you read the biography of Jaco Pastorius, the bass player, like revolutionized the bass playing Jaco Pastorius. And people say that he was bipolar. Well, he also did a lot of cocaine and he also drank a lot and he wasn't bipolar. Maybe it was drugs. Hey, I mean, let's acknowledge that. Um, mm-hmm. right. So like those have been my, those have been my, um, anti drugs or whatever, whatever that anti drug campaign was was reading like Jocko Estoris' biography, reading Miles Davis' biography, like the way that he describes coming off of heroin does oh my God. No. Thank you. Nothing. <laughs> All right? Thank you for documenting that experience so that I know to avoid it because that's not something I want to heroin experience mean Um yeah, you know, so I, I really do stick to those uh those ones of be ones that you know quote are harder than uh, marijuana or anything uh though i am thinking this new moon cycle this full moon cycle off of no marijuana um just you know because you know those things are necessary you have to just take little breaks yeah that's fine um <clears throat> oh shucks see these things happen like all these changes and i forget i forget where the point of the conversation is. Uh,
1: so how do you, you think me back yeah so how how do you think that psychedelics have influence oh perfect
2: thank practice? you thank you for thank you for bringing that back okay cool um gosh okay so more so how i think it has an impact in my life is is there was this time on uh dmt where and i've done that one about 11 times and that one's really interesting right that one lasts maybe 5 10 minutes if you're really able to be still but there's just, it's so, whoa. And it's super interesting. People who do DMT, it's always a super similar experience that they describe, or almost like a, you can't call it a physical place, because it's its not a physical, if anything, you can call it an energetic place. But the people that do DMT always describe the same place, and the same, very same experiences in the same place, the same sort of entities that you see in these places. Some people call them elves. I really like to call them the guardians, because I every time I just, and in there like... It, it, I don't even know, and there's in their field of vision. That's like such a not appropriate term. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, I just feel so taken care of. Like I'm all okay. I will be okay, regardless of anything. I will be okay, and it's just so really nice to be affirmed that by these entities that I you know, experience every time I do DMT. But there was one time I do DMT, and I wanted to know what my purpose was, like what my reason for existence. The answer is to be a beacon of light. Um, and that was really nice to hear that. And, like, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not flawless, but, you know, I, uh, there are people who are presented with their flaws and do nothing about it. And then there are people who are presented with their flaws and do and want to transform and you know, really do some really difficult, important work to, uh, uh, to not be that person again or anymore. So do you think those experiences have helped you, uh, like, see yourself in new ways? Oh, yeah, to, like, of course. Things? Yeah, yeah. I mean, mushrooms, it's, like, documented scientifically, not even, like, woo woo land that uh, mushrooms increase neuroplasticity, that you are able to form connections in different, in, in, increasing places of, uh, increasing numbers of places in your mind. So that you're just able to form these connections uh, in, in other ways that, that, you know, you are revealed to yourself more deeply. You, I mean, this might sound a little woo-woo, but I'm going to say it, like, <laughs> it, it becomes understood more how you are the universe <laughs> every time. Um, we are all everything, everything, everything's everything. And, yeah, that sounds pretty out there because... You know, it certainly requires having experienced that to really feel that. You know, otherwise, if, if you've not experienced anything like this, uh, in out of body experience, let's say. I mean, that's yeah. If you've not experienced an out of body experience, then then to to feel that phrase "everything is everything" as a as a natural truth is more difficult. Um, yeah, and that's not to you- say that I. Oh, go ahead. I apologize. And go for it. Uh, and that's not to say that I think psychedelics are for everyone. I really don't. I really, I really am not advocating that everyone do psychedelics. But I am saying that, you know, it is being researched as uh, to help with therapy, to, to process trauma, to overcome addiction. You know, these, these are very powerful. Mushrooms are very powerful, specifically. I mean, if anything, acid is one that I'm kind of leaning away toward LSD. Because, you know, there are stories of, of folks who have, who have passed away because of a poor mixture of, of chemicals. So, you know, I don't think nature is going to create a poor mixture of chemicals with uh, mushrooms. <laughs> so it's just, that's kind of one that I'm, uh, and you know, with DMT, honestly, that one just, the universe presented, uh, presents DMT to you when it's your time to do DMT. You know, you can try your darndest to find it sometimes and it is not going to come. And other times you like bring it up in a conversation once and someone's like, oh, here you go. <laughs> Right? Uh, yeah, it just presents itself to you. Um, so, you know, you don't even worry about that one. Don't, don't seek that one because that's when you get obsessive and, and, and then you get that unhealthy relationship with it. And then it's not going to really give you that thing that you are desiring so badly. DMT just comes when it's ready and then it leaves. Uh, but mushrooms, those are special. Those are very special. Uh, yeah, like I was saying, there's, there's scientific, it's, you know, just do a quick Google search. You'll find the, the publications in the scientific journals. You read the abstracts. You read the conclusions. You know, you can read the the, the methodology in between if you'd like. Uh, but you know, it's really beneficial for humans. Uh, mushrooms are very therapeutic, and it's really fun. I I, I notice that I see those those scenes. I see those spaces in my in my visual art sometimes, depending on what I'm doing, right? Cause My stuff's pretty diverse, you know, realistic portraiture uh, to just trippy stuff, (laughs) you know, trippy stuff. But like refined, refined abstraction is really what does it for me. Kandinsky is my favorite artist. His work. I
1: can see that.
2: Yeah. His work beginning in the 1920s, 23, 24, he passed away in 44, 45, I'm pretty sure 44, and uh, 1944, I should say. Um, and that, that stuff just moves me to no end. Like it just, to know someone can, I, I feel those paintings and resonate with them so deeply. They're just so soothing to know that someone else sees that way and, and feels the, the, the interaction of lines and curves and colors in that way. I can, I can, ah, there's so, such solace in that. sincerely wow i'm like about to cry over here huh ah you know there was recently an experience where where i was expressing gratitude for the universe i was actually pretty upset about something at the time and my wife said hey listen to this listen to this podcast about gratitude and in the podcast they said like you know take a second and like really thank the universe for something uh you know or god or whatever you want to call that infinite thing that is so infinite that what no name that you ascribe to it is going to have an, a name. Uh, you know, call it Allah, call it God, call it infinity, um, divine presence. That's the one my wife uses. I really like that one, divine presence. Um, hmm. uh, just even so, so, comforting to say that word. <laughs> um, hmm. Shucks. I got so caught up in the solace of that word, I again I lost the topic of the conversation.
1: I, I think you were talking about finding gratitude and
2: oh, thank whatever
1: you. word anyone wants to use for the divine. Yeah,
2: thank you, thank you. So I was conversing with with the with divine presence, saying just being so grateful that I have the capacity to be so passionate for things. I really <laughs> just I can be very passionate about things and. Hmm some folks have not unlocked that yet Hmm. and i'm not trying to to down that experience i'm not trying to try to you know throw shade on any sort of uh, a person's life experience but it's really pleasant to be passionate about things you know it's definitely tough sometimes because you're so passionate about things and you know life only moves at a certain speed i guess i don't know that's the only way i can describe it at the moment uh yeah, it's just really nice to be really passionate about things. So I had just had a really nice moment with the universe and I just cried. Oh, I listened to this song, Day and Age by Julian Lodge. L-A-G-E. My friend Mike Lockler showed me this song. And it's so interesting the way that it transformed. It's just this happy little ditty on the guitar. But like Julian Lodge is this incredible guitar, so he does the most beautiful harmony and then like, Core development underneath this. He just plays that the head, the, the melody, four times through, and that's it. It's very atypical of a jazz song, but he, I mean, Julian Lodge is not a just a jazz musician. Yeah. Every, <laughs> he's a whole, musician. I don't know. If that mm. is, that's a word I'll use for the moment. Uh, and this song was so comforting, so comforting, and it like it every time. I just put it on repeat one. Mm. and just was really just crying with the great gratitude that I have the capacity to be so passionate about things uh, just feeling very grateful for that I really <laughs> I really enjoy I I really enjoy that
1: yeah I think it, that's clear in just the variety of things that you do
2: hmm.
1: yeah. it seems to me <laughs> You know, and I'm not in Kansas City, so I wish I was sometimes, so like, check out all the things that you're doing. But it's, like, between the music and writing, I don't know if you call yourself a writer, but mm. I would definitely consider you a writer. Music, mm, writing, like, uh,
2: and the visual arts. Oh, right on. Okay. Whoa. Yeah, when, I I don't associate with that word, actually, a writer. But I, you know, that yeah, why not? You write the most beautiful posts really you think so? they're so well oh, thought out i'm
1: like this is oh,
2: great well, oh thank you i really appreciate that i do take my time with with social media again like you know the way that you present yourself is so important and it's really it's really eloquent to to write out to really think through what you're going to say usually actually i'll write it on paper what i'm going to write on a post um just take my time with it like really find the words that i want to use cuz i you know i really believe in being concise and precise with language uh, concise, just you know, be yeah, be concise and be precise. I think that in doing so, and that actually ties back to the uh, there's this book called The Four Agreements, and it says be impeccable with your word is one of the four agreements. I really think being impeccable with your word is, is comes through being concise and precise, um, and clear communication. You know, and that's something that I've I've really been learning uh, uh, this past year, is the, you know, how to develop better communication.
1: I really wish that everyone would apply that to social media. That would be wonderful.
2: (laughs) Uh, You know, just, again, approaching it like an art. Well, thank you for, you know, taking the time to do that. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoy when I, several people have actually been saying that recently, and that really makes it feel good, you know, that I make other people feel good. That is, Mm -hmm. that's what being a beacon of light is about, you know? And that's not to say, that's not to say that we're not all beacons of light. That's not what I'm I'm trying to say, but just like turning up the volume a (laughs) lot on it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also very meaningful and seems well (laughs) thought out, which is what's different than a lot of other things I see popping up around. It's like, yeah, I want a meaningful thought update or, you
2: know. You know that's the thing. I, this is great, actually. I sit on on content for a long time. I I only my posts are are usually very meaty. Uh, there there's a lot of bulk in, in those stories. I'm, I'm you know more willy nilly free with that, but um, but but posts. You know each one is going to be something special. I really believe in that. Um, and and so I'll sit on stuff. Oh my goodness, the stuff I'm sitting on at this moment. <laughs> Oh, oh, when it comes, when I'm, when I have all the content for it accumulated so I can make one beautiful post of it. Ooh, yeah, I'm real stuck. I'm really stuck.
1: And so here's a question. Were you making
2: art, visual art, before you decided to start sharing it? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. I really... Began doing visual art, I would say, in my notebooks in college, just in the margin of those notebooks. And it was just a pen and line art kind of stuff. And then I actually, it's so interesting. Uh, I speak Spanish fluently and in college, I went on this trip with this, uh, group, and, and, uh, that worked to promote businesses of like uh, small owners, small business owners in Central America, specifically Guatemala. And because I spoke Spanish, I was able to go for free to Guatemala for a couple of weeks. Uh, and one of the professors on that trip, you know, they, she saw me drawing, uh, and, and she really, she said like, Hey, you should like, you know, could draw, experiment with the thickness of your lines. Cause I was just doing, you know, single pen line strokes. And she gave me that advice and like, whoa, that like was like it. That was as, as the little that I needed to realize how much more potential there was. And so my drawings, just pen on paper, became so much more complex over the next year or so. So I I did these drawings for maybe a year and a half. Uh, and then I moved to, I started, I started graduating. I moved to Oregon, but I lived in the city of Fossil, Oregon for, uh, uh, nine months, 10 months or so. I was through AmeriCorps, which is essentially domestic peace corps. Um, uh, there was this program that ethos music program based in portland had where they would send uh, musicians to be music teachers in rural oregon towns that had canceled their music programs due to budget cuts and so i was the k through eight music teacher in fossil oregon for uh, for a year um fossil oregon has a population last i checked of 473 people it is in the high desert of Oregon, then the mountains, a elevation around 6,000 feet. Um, there's no, I did not have cell phone service and my internet speed was 0. 0.6 megabytes per second. We had one blinking stoplight in town. Town was maybe 10 blocks wide, maybe. Um, my wife, she, we were still dating at the time. We were engaged at the time. She was living in Portland. I had a roommate who worked at the school 20 miles north. I fortunately lived in Fossil. I live two blocks from my school, so I just midwalk walk there. And I mean, hmm. Yeah. Fossil was such a transformative experience. My supervisor told me to uh, she said, people out here either become alcoholics or learn to love themselves. And so I did a lot of work to fix, to, to, to you know, work toward loving myself. Um, and again, not saying I'm flawless. I mean, you know, growing is an infinite thing and I'm have an infinite amount of things to learn yet um i'm very that's accurate for everyone i guess yeah um the fossil was very transformative
1: yeah oh that sounds like a really powerful
2: experience yeah that was a one-time jasmine <laughs> <laughs> so we got we were at a we were like a and it was funny too my, my roommate was black and i'm brown and we're here in central rural oregon yee You know, four, I when I got to town, four-wheeler Jeff rolled up on me. He's like, yeah, you're the new you're a teacher, right? And his shotgun's just right there. He's like, you're the new music teacher, right? And he already knew who I was and his shotgun was just right there. I'm like, yes, uh-huh. <laughs> four-wheeler Jeff just rolled on with his uh, shotgun. There was one time when we were at this um, uh, at potluck, I suppose, and the one of the wranglers or the rangers, the horsemen, cowboys, I suppose, that's the term, uh, who lived here. He's like, hey, we need, we need our hands on deck. So we like go up this mountain ridge. And in this mud pit is a cow that is stuck. This cow is like up almost like to the base of its neck in dirt and mud. So we dig out, you know, we do what we can. This this cow has been here for days. It's, it's very obvious. This cow is just looking at its eyes. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my. This cow was so cool. So it was just somebody's cow?
1: Somebody on this cow? Well, we were
2: on this property. We were on that person's property who we were having this potluck. So we, you know, we went to, he, I guess he was out scouring the land and found this cow. And was like, whoa, hey, we need to do something about this right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we like dug out the cow, or at least we dug it enough to like get a chain around it and like, that was kind of scary uh, because we pulled it with a truck and, like, you know. Oh no! Yeah, it was the cow was fine. The cow, we did rescue the cow safely. Um but you know that was our living in fossil.
1: Intense. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I'm glad that the cow the cow was rescued safely.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you think that that experience has like influenced? maybe the ways that you want to use art in the future, art or music. That specific one with
2: a cow? No, no. Living Living in
1: Fossil.
2: Oh, my God. I mean, like, it was powerful. Yeah, but I mean, was not powerful. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Yeah, Living in Fossil. I mean, Living in Fossil is huge. Living in Fossil is huge. Well, um. Yeah, that's when I like you know really developed my meditation practice. That's I was very poor, right? Uh, we were we were on food stamps just because like they could hardly pay anything. But you know the thing about being in Americorps is that you get a, a uh, after you complete a term, you get fifty five hundred dollars that you that can only be applied to student loans or furthering your education. So like you know like you know if you're, and, and it's you know you can get that twice, so if you do that two years in a row, it's eleven $1, hundred dollars toward your student loans, right? That's a good chunk in two years. You know, it really helps. Student loans is actually what I said, you know, my my professor told me that you either learn to love yourself or become an alcoholic. One of the things that I had really been depressed, literally depressed about for two years prior to that experience was the, the weight of my student loans of my student debt. Just like, I really feel the capacity to do great things. And I know that that's going to take finances. And I know that student debt is going to be something that I need to overcome as ASAP. My 30th birthday is in January and I'll have, I, I have budgeted my life out. It's required sacrifices. I've very, lived very minimally at times. Um, but you know, I will have my student loans paid off. by by January of 2021,
1: that's cool. <laughs> that's amazing.
2: Yeah. I know there's
1: probably yeah. a lot of people out there who are thinking similar things, mm. student loans.
2: Yeah, yes.
1: What, like what are like a couple tips that you have for people who you know uh, want to get rid of the student
2: loans but don't quite know where to start or how to deal with it in a healthy way without just freaking out. Yeah. Recognizing that, you know, there can be an end to it. It is not so large that it is infinite. It is not infinite. It is a finite amount, and generally, it is something that if you like really prioritize, you know. So the first thing is recognizing that it is a finite amount; it is not infinite. Maybe massive and depressing, huge. It's not infinite; it's finite. And the second is like prioritizing, like you know, make a budget, dedicate, you know, don't eat out. Eating out consumes 50% of, of most American budgets. Stop eating out. <laughs> you know, cook your own food. Investigate the art of food. It is so fun. My wife is just an amazing cook. Anytime we prepare dinner together, it is just like, wow, Catherine, you are an artist. It's right. Right? It takes time. Yeah. You know, but you know, if, 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 if we only YOLO, if you only YOLO once, <laughs> like, why not, why not approach it as an art at all times? Yeah. No, my I'm glad that I like
1: to cook. My budget would be
2: terrifying (laughs) otherwise. Right. (laughs) I like fancy food. Yeah. 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 So, first tip, it is finite. Second tip, prioritize it. Which third tip is going to mean, uh, you know, sacrifices, living minimally, or just you know, exploring. Where is uh, instead of instead of you know going out one night on an event that where you would spend money, go to an event where you. You know, perhaps explore the best sunsets in your city. You know, Casey has a lot of great places. I'm, I'm, I made a post on Reddit actually recently. I'm like, Hey, where are the best places to see sunsets in Kansas City? And there are so many places on this list I have not known about. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, you know, to go explore those, those things. And that costs very little money. And so what I do also, what I do also, I suppose if this is another tip is I get paid bi-weekly, but with my bank account, or with my bank, uh, Community America Credit Union, I just opened another savings account and I put, I named it temporary savings. And so I put all of my income that I make in a month in that account so that on the first of the next month, I just pay myself once. And I know how much money I need to pay to this account, to this, this, this thing, to this thing, to this thing. I mean, honestly, my student loans are the first thing I pay. My first student loans are the first thing that I pay. That, because I'm still prioritizing this. And then the joint bank account and, you know, if nothing goes into my wants for that month, or if I have $9 in my wants for that month, I do not pull out the credit card, which I'm not saying I'm flawless, right? But just credit card is for emergencies, mm, you yeah. know, right. <laughs> uh, that's, I guess, another tip if I may throw that one up there, um, which is, you know, I'm not, I'm like I said, I'm not flawless about that. Sometimes on my breaks at work, it's time to get a matcha, and I only had $9 in my wants this month. I really want to watch it today, yo. You know, that's understood. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're very kind with yourself. That's another tip. I I don't know what number we're on now. Is that seven?
1: I don't know. Just keep going. (laughs) These are good. These are good.
2: I think Um,
1: it's interesting. Like, the whole theme of all your tips seems to be, like, creativity. mm Because so often when I hear people talking about budgeting, it just turns very dark. And, like negative and like it's all about what you can't have but your whole approach mm-hmm. is all about not even worrying
2: about what you maybe for your best interest, wouldn't be best to buy but just exploring ways yeah. to live more freely actually yeah yeah exactly because okay there's this concept of, of pleasure um and is, is something pleasurable is is that ice cream that you use your credit card for pleasurable if you think later like if you still have credit card debt and, and it's because of those little five dollar things accumulated over time right you still have credit card debt that is a a net experience that is less um less pleasurable than that ice cream you had uh, consumed in five minutes right so like approaching it with that sort of mentality um in terms of pleasure a sunset is, is something that does not that costs how many wait how many dollars does a sunset cost? Uh, I, I yeah, it's zero. <laughs> you just like you got a blanket, you just chill and like look at the changing ah oh, the orange pink of sunset. And whenever artists capture that, I go to the, the Nelson Atkins Museum here very frequently, and there are those paintings there where the artists capture the sunset in just hmm, very beautiful voice. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, just seeing that in person, too. Just, the shift is so subtle. it's <laughs> insane. I really like that so much of this is about appreciating. Appreciating more of what's already there. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, a friend once asked me what I think the meaning of life is, and I have no idea if I know what the, the idea is. You know, who knows if anyone knows the actual answers is i think what my answer though or my my approach is what is the meaning of life uh it's to or what is the purpose of life excuse me, I think it's to enjoy it, whatever that means, but that also takes into account you know net pleasure is there something that is that is um pleasurable in the moment it is not just recognizing that the net pleasure of of that is not uh yeah, you know, that's just always something that's important to keep in mind. Yeah, so kind of like being in the moment and balancing that with planning for the future. Yeah, like a Same reserved time. hedonist. A reserved hedonist. <laughs> a mitigated hedonist. <laughs> that
1: reminds me of this thing. I think you would like this idea. I, For the life of me, I've been trying to find this original article that I heard about in a podcast ages ago and it's this whole thing about planning your year on a, like a cycle of hedonism. Oh interesting. And it's a yeah, so it's like each season you plan something huge like that you want to indulge in and different people have different indulgences. So yeah, they kinda know know what that is for you.
2: But then it's mm-hmm. like you also have these smaller ones, like you have monthly ones, weekly ones, daily ones. Yeah, yeah. I definitely have more monthly indulgences, if, you know, like projects of the month, basically. So yeah. like this, I'm not. I'm probably not going to create much visual art. Uh, even just today, that was just that was just so much fun. Wow, oh, it's so beautiful to look at this. Hmm, this is pleasant. Um, but my my, you know, I really should have spent this time. Should I'm not going to use the word should. I because I enjoy this very deeply. I am now going to be High, more highly prioritizing my time to my current project, which is creating a musical EP. I have a show coming up in May uh, at the Kansas City Artist Coalition. I am so excited for this show. I am so for the show. I am <clears throat> so excited for this show. I'm really excited for it. I'm really doing some life. Not excessive things, but I'm going all in. Uh, I'm whole-assing it. I'm not half-assing it. I'm, my Both of my cheeks are invested in this endeavor uh i'm really excited for this thing and one of the the ways i'm going to ornament the exhibit that i will i'm in the process of creating in partnership with my friend chris crabtree his music uh on on these streaming services is tacit blue t-a-c-i-t-b-l-u-e uh his most recent uh ep's uh albums excuse me uh I mean, all of it is really just extremely beautiful music, electronic music, just sort of ambient, down-tempo beauty. Uh, And his daughter, Madison Crabtree, creates these beautiful covers for them as well. It's just everything about the experience is so pleasant, so phenomenal. Um, He and I are working together to create an album uh, of music for each of the paintings that are going to be on display at the Kansas City Arts Coalition.
1: That is so cool.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm hanging in my music room right now. As you can see, that's my upright bass and my electric bass. Right here, there's a keyboard right there. There's an organ and drums over there. I've got a mic with a whole bunch of percussion. Check this one out. I hope this isn't going to be too loud or anything, but it's like this, uh, it's a C pod. Oh. Use that shaker. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. That's, that would be really awesome with a, uh, Dumbao rhythmo basic rhythm
1: so is the music actually going to communicate with the visual art
2: oh yeah I mean at least again I really it, uh, what am I trying to say instrumental music is primarily what I how I communicate it was very interesting for you to refer to me as a writer earlier because words I have always felt like elude me but I really think that i'm I'm in the process of acknowledging that I need to mend that relationship with words because words are how we communicate. Communication is, again, I think I've mentioned this before in this conversation. Communication is so important. I'm really learning the importance of how to be an effective communicator. Uh, Again, took hard. It was hard. It was a painful process of understanding that necessity, Uh, but I do understand it. Have been working to be a better communicator, Um, and. Oh, goodness, the tangent again. This is the third time you've had to catch me, Jasmine. You see, I I, I warned you of this.
1: So going back to this idea of communication, uh, are you seeking to communicate a message or a oh, right or something when you, like, transmute these creations?
2: I'm really just thinking of the painting itself, the, either looking at it or remembering how it made, how, how it makes me feel or what I am trying to say. So for instance, I have a painting titled white trap is oil. It's my first oil painting and it is just a really fun geometric, abstract landscape. Um, it's just, I, I love that painting so much. I'm really curious to know if I do want to paint it, uh, excuse me, sell it. Well, I guess it's, yeah, it is my first oil painting uh, that I completed. I, I messed around with the wheels off the canvas before that I actually just discovered as we're uh, cleaning out the basement. But, um, this is the first one, White Trapezoid is the first one I, I realized I had completed. And it's it's one that I'm very happy to sign because I'm really happy with how it turned out. Um, that was my first oil painting. And the, what I was trying to say with, with White Trapezoid is this sort of, okay, so there's there are these, these lines that flow upward. And it's a very brightly colored painting with a black background. But on the black background there, it's very, very many painstakingly painted perfect circles of various sizes of very bold colors and what I'm trying to convey with this and at the top of this okay so we've got almost essentially this pyramid this pyramid that does not have a peak it's like cut off right so it's like you know these lines that lead up to this peak and at the peak I just left the trackers and I painted it white it's the only place on the canvas I used white and the idea behind it is that there are all these paths to our best selves and there are always going to be these, you know, obstacles and distractions along the way, and you know, those are things that are fun to, to frolic in. But sometimes, you know, the most pleasurable thing is really working toward that white trapezoid. And the reason I left it cut cut off, and not that's not to say, man, I, i excuse me for saying man right now. I pause. It. Um, uh, what I really think. what I really think the, the, Hmm. Well, hmm, I'm not entirely sure on the phrases at the moment. Hmm. I really think that the purpose of us existing is to develop into our best selves, whatever that I mean. And that, I don't know that perhaps we might ever will, because there's always going to be this great beyond where perhaps, you know, I've, who knows? Who knows what happens in the great beyond? To be honest, but one theory that I that I fancy that I, sometimes I like to tell myself uh, could exist is that there is a an existence beyond, but outside of this flesh sack, the thing that is that I am, I am. Uh, there's this quote. I mean, I think it between the the experience and the experiencer. We are the experiencing, the sensation of experiencing is what we ultimately are. And what I, one way that I like to share and communicate that is that, you know, if you can observe this water bottle, right? That I, then I can observe that I am not this water bottle because I am, whatever I am is observing this. And so we can apply that same concept to our thoughts and our our minds and our emotions. It's very easily, easily can, can we associate like I am sad. I am feeling sad. I'm not sad. What I am is, is an experience experiencing sadness is, I mean, spirit is a word that is just easy to ascribe to it. So I am a, I am spirit that is experiencing sadness. I am not sadness. What I am is spirit, an infinite thing. What we each individually are is a very, we have the capacity to be very beautiful. But it does require you know disassociating from from ascribing ourselves so deeply with the things that that we the stories that we tell ourselves you know one way one thing that my wife and I when we're communicating with one another and we we will start with a phrase like you know the story I'm telling myself is that you are angry at me right now is that true and so often we find that you know our the stories that we're telling ourselves about our partners about each other uh is is not quite right. And we, we're able to reassure one another, like, okay, uh, you know, I, you're correct that that is a story you're telling yourself that is that is not an experience I'm having. I'm not angry at you. Thank you for communicating that you thought that you were, you know, just like being very kind in communication. Again, this past year, learning new points of communication and how to be efficient, uh, concise, and precise, impeccable mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, I think that's really important. And the idea of being able to be that way with all people, even if you can't quite have a conversation with them, like the person that like, cuts you off in traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the person like that cuts you off of in traffic. It. But that's what I you know, when I when I when the person when anyone cuts me off in traffic or like are driving crazily around me. And not like to not to like super super crazy extent, but like if someone is, you know, like Speeding around through traffic, I say like, "Oh, dang! They just like really have to go to the bathroom. They're like about <laughs> to like shit themselves, you know? Whoa! I would be speeding too if like that. Whoa, damn!
1: That's a really yeah. like yeah a positive story to tell about right. somebody else. I guess
2: if you have to make one up, right? Which is right. Interesting too. If the if the options are to make a negative story, like, oh, that asshole. Um, <laughs> uh, why not elect to?" to ascribe to a positive story to the situation. Like, you know Maybe they're rushing to their wife at the hospital or their partner at the hospital. Because so, you, know, um, you never know, and why not just assume positive intent, right? What experiences have you had in life that has helped you develop this sense of wisdom? What sense of wisdom? I'm not, well, please stop. I'm 29. I don't know anything. I think I know things. <laughs> I'm like trying to know as many things as like, I just one thing we did in college. Uh, I had some friends Mike Lockhart I referenced him earlier and Tucker Good. He would say, hey, you think you know things? <laughs> you think you know things? <laughs> oh, that's funny. I haven't thought about it in quite some time. Like Maybe I know some things. I don't know, but there's an infinite amount of things and growth is infinite. And like, why be stagnant? Why not just always be Ah, oh, my my best friend Jeff. He's got he's a rapper. He's phenomenal. He always says like, "I live life interested, uh, wait until my sunset sets me." But nevertheless, uh, it's just so good. He's such a great, um, uh, wordist. I think honestly, it's the word that the phrase is coming from. Mind. He's awesome. He's rad. Uh, but yeah, you think you know things? Uh, what what? That was that's my response to you, Carlos. <laughs> They're using the word wisdom associated with me. Uh,
1: Let's see. Maybe we can rephrase it. How about just where you are now?
2: What experiences have I had? I mean, all of them. Like significant. <laughs> oh, oh, right. significant on. experiences. Okay, I would say the first one that really hit me was traveling to Utah when I was 19. I was sitting on this ridge it's really high up. And you could see so far out and the ground was orange. We were on this hike at um, Archer's National Park and we camped there that night. And just seeing that landscape, that beauty, like sitting on that ridge, really, with my eyes closed and feeling the wind. It's really transformed how I saw the world, to be honest. I mean, I remember after that also I was having some experiences where I was like, you know, Recognizing the hmm, how do I say this? Just uh, that was such a transformative experience. I, yeah, I stopped eating meat around that time because I, I well, for a, a variety of reasons, but also I was just beginning to to recognize the, the the liveliness of a creature that is being consumed, and not that I'm opposed to consuming uh, uh, other animals, uh, non-human animals, because we are animals as well. Uh, I'm not opposed to consuming a non-human animal, but if it's going to happen, I, w- I would really want to be more attached to the experience of this creature's passing than just, mm. you know, some kind of anonymous slaughter. <laughs> That's like, really? Uh, here is your anonymously slaughtered cow on buns. Um, yeah. Enjoy. This thing was probably really having a shitty experience as it was dying. They're like, you know that. when, when Hunters know that. Whenever they kill a deer that, it's, that is fearful it doesn't taste as good. The meat is not as tender. Uh That's why, you know, you have to really be patient. And like when you're hunting, I suppose, right. The humans have had that interaction with nature as part of the food chain for so long. I, I'm not trying to say that that is incorrect. Now I'm, I'm also not trying to say that there is a right or wrong way to consume, uh, to, have, to have a diet. You know, everyone's diet is different and, you know, right? I'm not trying to say that yeah. there's one right experience. Well, we definitely um,
1: have lost
2: touch with the process of food yeah, in general, where it comes from and the rituals, used to be around it in the seasons. Yeah. You know, that's uh, even the rituals I used to have with it, I've fallen out of this ritual I used to have with food where I read it, oh, this oh, oh. Aldous Huxley wrote the book oh, um, yeah. Brave New World, but he also, when that was a, a dystopian world, a dystopian society, But he also wrote Island, which is a utopic society. And he just kind of describes the culture as the main character is on tour of the island. And learns in one of the homes that one of the traditions that they do is that they, the first bite of their meal, they just close their eyes and they chew. They feel every texture, taste, every taste. Just chew. It's not a huge bite. experience that bite you know just at least the first bite that's all Uh, yeah I really like that book I like that book a lot so I mean I think that goes to another that goes to the answer a little bit previously you know reading reading has really influenced my life Um, I would say that I ascribe my willpower and self discipline to reading Gandhi's biography, um, autobiography. Goodness, I really honestly can't remember if it, which one it is at the moment. I really apologize for that. But reading that that book, just it's he, he is so cavalier with how he describes how he uh, how he developed his self-discipline. It's really it's really cool. That was just super inspiring to read that book. Yeah. Uh, so reading, reading is another thing.
1: Oh, thank you for sharing that story. I, I actually, I used to refer to Island as my Bible.
2: <laughs> right <laughs> on. Of time. <laughs> right on. So yeah, everyone should really read Island. Mm-hmm. For the second shut up chat. I'll put a link to Island and it'll find the title for it on fun! Oh, but yeah, phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah, I, I it escapes me the name at the moment. Also, another super super influential book of my life is uh, autobiography of a the yogi. There was a time when I had, I, I guess I do need to go to the bookstore. They they have a book on uh, there that I need to pick up that I ordered. Um, I could go on a tangent about that, but I'm going to stick on this one for a moment. <laughs> uh, oh goodness! Ah, oh, just even imagining the tangent got me it got me distracted. Could you please hop me back? This is now time number four. Could you get me back on track, Jasmine?
1: We are—we're—it's all good. We're—we're on we're your major life experiences that have shaped you into the
2: person um, who you are today. not autobiography one. of a yogi. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So, reading autobiography of a yogi uh, was super transformational. Yeah, there was a, a point in time when I would have, uh, I would have an extra version of the book just to gift someone because I just love that book so much. Uh, and it is kind of out there in terms of what it describes uh, humans are capable of. I think I'll just leave it at that sort of description. Um, but like, why not? <laughs> why not imagine that those sorts of things are possible, right? Just because you've not experienced something does not mean it is worthy of just being dismissed. Yeah. Right. It's at least worthy of, of entertaining that idea. I mean, I've yeah, whatever. Yeah, Uh, And so there are really some fantastical things that humans can do in that book. And also just I also think about it as like a metaphor. Oh, right on. Yeah, of course. Of course. Hmm. When people describe things that seem impossible to me, I just try to see it as a metaphor. If it doesn't make sense to me, literally. Yeah, of course. Of course! Wow, that's so perfectly explained. That's so concise and precise. Wow, <laughs> what you have impeccably stated something. Yeah, I think that was really great. Thank you. It's, it's a journey. Cool. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I suppose. Well, I could go down another tangent. I don't know if you have any questions that you specifically want to ask.
1: One question I definitely want
2: to ask is, like, and maybe this is more than a question, but at what point did you know that you were going to, like, live the life of an artist, or, like, pursue the arts, Music, I guess it was. Uh, I mean, because I couldn't not do music. I mean, I could, I, you know, you know what it's like to to be I'm going to, I'm going to use the word creative right now because I really feel like that is a word that is appropriate in this moment. A person that is, and I'm not trying to be exclusionary with that term creative. I really believe that everyone is a creative. I think what I'm trying to say is with a person who really embraces their creativity, explores and, and develops their creativity, creativity, creativity in a playful and fun, expressive way. And that's you know comes out in a variety of different ways as well, in an infinite amount uh, of ways um, uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jasmine again I'm, I'm, I'm telling you I'm so full of life from this planetary session. I just like keep my mind is running at a million miles a minute with with, with joy and happiness moment uh so I, I like think about these things that, that we're describing and i get so enamored in the vastness of each concept that's why that's how i get off track uh there's you know, no, in, there's no
1: track for this podcast yeah right on
2: i hear that perfect uh in second grade i was diagnosed with adhd actually and um my dad was like no we're not gonna put him on on, on redolin on the adhd medicine and instead i got put into they called it the gifted Students have academically gifted education. I mean, honestly, school just should have been that <laughs> instead of, you know, something that you had to be, teachers had to say, like, hey, let's try this for you. It, you know, it, that it was not the default. It, I really think something like that should have been more of the default. Uh, and, but it was really wonderful. Our curiosity, we were meant to explore our curiosity. We were able to do that in, in, a, in such a free way. It wasn't quite a Montessori school. Montessori is really, really pleasant. Waldorf is also one that, you know, kids explore their their creativity in in a different way as well. Um, But this was just one day a week. I went to public school in North Kansas City. And uh, one day a week, we would go to stage. from, I think I started in like second grade or so. And it was so much fun. Like, you know, in second grade, there was like this thing called a uh, uh, robotics, and I don't remember the name. you, like got to build a little robot, right? So one explore. day a
1: week, you could do whatever you were curious about.
2: There were these stations that you could just explore, and there were these blocks of time we were given to just explore the content of that block. Like there was one specifically on the rhinoceros, and there was one specifically on like uh, those bead things uh, that you could then iron on uh, iron. And they would create like you know a frog or something, do you remember those things like, yeah, really yeah. and yeah, but you would only get things. like a certain amount of yeah, 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 you would get a certain amount of time to like explore those those specific things, maybe like an hour with each or so, uh, and then there was like some sort of group time. it was very, very similar to Montessori, very similar structure. um my wife is a montessori teacher i'm I'm pretty f- familiar she's uh and she's uh, yeah, she's in her fifth year now teaching. She went to Montessori Northwest. It's like a training center for Montessori instructors. She's got her AMI, AMI certification. She's rad. She's dope. She's awesome. But the thing about Montessori schools is that that name is not trademarked. Maria Montessori. And so there's a great variety of Montessori schools. Uh, Maria Montessori's, uh, uh, she left a very clear plan all the way up to seventh grade. And the school that my wife works at is a Montessori school that goes up to seventh grade. Uh, the middle school years, um, and students are are clumped together in age ranges of three years. So my wife works with nine to twelve year olds in her class. She was with the, the uh, six to nine year olds previously, and it's just so awesome and so cool. So there are these group times and things. And Maria Montessori developed the, the process up to seventh grade, um, and they actually are on a farm because Maria Montessori understood that these these uh, students would at that age range when you're in middle school you're going through puberty and you have so many hormones going on you're what did you what did you remember of your uh social history class in seventh grade I mean maybe some person some some people did i know that i don't necessarily i remember much of that you know the academics of that time uh and so what the seventh that that time frame is uh is, is, is recommended to do by Maria Montessori, is ha- be on a farm. Tend to farm animals. Grow a garden. Uh, maybe you can, like, play oh. music and stuff. You well, know. I bet that teacher's responsibility. And, like, yeah, exactly. Mind, exactly. 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 Because it's Yeah. Of you get out of your own head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, if you... Montessori, like I was saying, there's that's not a trademark name, uh, but my wife is certified in the higher school. It's, it's really cool that, uh, to just have that that sort of structure. But Sage was very similarly structured, uh, where where you got older, there was more responsibility. The tasks that you would be recommended to do would get larger. Like I remember, I did a a presentation on the death adder, a specific type of snake. I don't know, because I wanted to. And, you know, that was in maybe second or third grade, to give a presentation. You know, that was fun. We had we learned Excel. We learned, uh, you know, a variety of different Um, We learned those computer programs, actually, really early on, Microsoft Word, Excel, but in Sage. So that was actually really impactful. I mean, I use spreadsheets for everything. I'm, I, I if I can do my own horn for a second, I'm really organized. I've got spreadsheets on spreadsheets, and I, like, you know, Organize my life so that they're convenient to access. Uh, Like on my phone, I have shortcuts for them so that I can just easily like update them. Again, this goes back to budgeting. You know, be organized with your spreadsheets. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) have fun with your spreadsheets. Spreadsheets are an art. It's so fun to code them and it's so easy. You know. What are a couple
1: of things that you organize? I have no (laughs) spreadsheets.
2: No, well, a couple, but years it. Uh, okay, <clears throat> Do you know the video game Runescape? No. Okay, it's like watered down Dungeons of Dragons, basically, and it is so much fun. The graphics are terrible, but it's the same kind. I started playing Runescape when I was in seventh grade, and it's just—it was just a web browser this game. Now you have to download the client, but it used to just be on the web. So fun. The graphics are terrible and you would raise your skills. And the, the skilling, the skilling, I've watched a documentary on game and, uh, Adam Gorman, is that his name? His name is Gazing at the moment. One of the developers, uh, was saying that when he built the scaling system for, for getting from one to maximum level of 99 in any of the skill, I think they're like 26 skills, uh, he did not actually anticipate anyone to invest that much amount of time. In getting that. And people did. Right? Like getting a 99 now is like not, not a big deal. You're expected, not expected. Like, there's some people who are maxed. It's not uncommon to see maxed people in the game. But there's so much content in the game that like, it is not even worth that. Uh, you know, getting maxed means that your combat level is 126. Um, one of my goals in the game was to, this, this, this time around, I played a lot of, I played a lot of games this year. I guess like you know during shutdown, got a lot of RuneScape. I played a lot. of games. Played a lot of RuneScape. So much so that like I got to be able to do this one boss very, and I was pra- I was, I was I, I, there's this boss that I worked very, very diligently to be able to unlock, and I did. Forecast. <laughs> this is Blue Dragon. You travel to this like Fremenic style island, or from a uh, uh, Scandinavian style. It's called the Fremenic Isles right, in the game. And uh, you go kill this blue dragon. But the, the, the thing about RuneScape is that it's, it is on sort of like a timing system. So you have to time your clicks. And so you have to really practice your clicks to a specific tempo. And so it was very intertwined with music to like, down, down, click, 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 click. Because that's kind of how the bosses work in RuneScape. You have to learn the proper rotation of clicks between items and places on the screen. Right, and you have to be very like. Some people click like right. They like move so fast, and like there really is an art to developing that. It's not something I really was very interested in getting to develop because that's like Carpool Tunnel, hello. Um, (laughs) Right, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, but you know that that exists in that game, and so it was just very involved to do the boss. Okay, so back to spreadsheet. Uh, I made. A spreadsheet that I think it was it was very very involved very involved. I was tracking my profit because the, the bosses drop uh, they drop t- treasure. We'll call it. I don't. They just drops is what we call them. Um, that is worth varying degrees, and you know, because this this boss requires so much effort to unlock. This boss drops very very expensive items, um, and so. I was tracking my profit with a spreadsheet Jasmine over like 400 kills or something. Like this was a, this was a very large, and it took maybe uh, because I was, I wasn't a super high combat level. You know, I was killing it much more slowly than if I had a higher combat level. I was killing it in about like maybe maybe three and a half minutes each kill. And I was recording my time. I was recording like, okay, this is how much I, I put into, this is how much, uh, how many gold pieces, how many GP I put into this kill. This is how much I got back with uh, how much I put into it in terms of supplies and food and potions consumed while filling this boss, uh, and also money received in terms of drops from this boss. Also, just experimenting with different types of ammunition because some ammunition is expensive but may have killed them faster, uh, but other uh, ammunition, you know, was the, the vice versa of that. And so, just logging all these various these variables, these 400 kills, And I had a very, uh, I showed, you know, I showed my friends my spreadsheet because I was so proud of it.
1: So is, is this like an analogy for kind of how you run your life? What do you mean? Of uh, the way that you track like
2: energy that you're putting in, resources that you're using, and then what you're getting out of it? Hmm. And answers not coming to me very quickly. Would, would you mind trying to rephrase the question?
1: I'll just ask a couple specific ones. Like, do you track? So you knew that that last painting you did, which I saw, it's beautiful, took you ninety five hours. So are you always tracking your time that you put into your creative projects like
2: that? Uh. Some sometimes uh paintings, yes. I'll just kind of be aware mentally. Uh I tried using this this time app once, uh, but I didn't quite resonate with the experience. So I just kinda of track it in my head. So that one was about ninety five hours, and I would just kinda of check in with myself check in with myself, uh, after a painting session where I would uh I would think, Okay, that was about half an hour, so maybe I'm at like seven and a half hours now. Right. So it's kind of, it is an estimate. Um, but I just, you know, I, I, it's something that I'm mindful of as I'm creating something. Just because I'm really curious to know, because I, I find importance in sharing that if you're trying to create something that's going to take a long time or that's going to be, you know, beautiful and, you know, just really stunning, it's going to take some time.
0: Yeah. And it's like, you know, the,
2: the beauty and nature of, of creating is that it is a slow process, uh, which is very counter to how life in an urban setting, I don't I, I think it's how often it is, uh, how life in an urban setting is, is is subjected to not slow processes, just quick processes.
1: Well, I think it's really important to share that, too, because sometimes I think people see things that are made, and they're just like, in awe of this thing coming into
2: existence, and I think knowing the actual amount of time that those things, where it's really helpful for people to conceptualize it and the process yeah. and the journey. Yeah, totally. And it's only that even that quick now, because because of the how. I mean, I like to say that I got my degree from my painting degree from YouTube University, where I would just watch. I would I would watch endless YouTube videos if I there was something, you know, I wanted to learn how to paint realistic portraits in oil. I watched a zillion YouTube videos. You know, I like really researched how to do that, uh, so that I could, um, and you know, you got to do your due diligence if you're trying to do something really beautiful, I think, but that's not necessarily to say that things can't be divinely inspired and beautiful at the moment. I really enjoyed creating this thing in in an hour and a half. This was really fun because Van Gogh painted Pete. Van Gogh started painting when he was 27. He painted for 20 years. uh, Excuse me, 10 years. He painted for 10 years. At the age of 37 and 25. He painted over 900 paintings. That's bonkers. That's a lot of paintings. You know. (laughs) That really is a lot. Yeah. And that's not to say, I mean, you know, his his style was, was like this. That's not to say, you know, the Mona Lisa took four years. You know, there's there's and that one is like down. Right? Yeah, time and creativity
1: are a weird thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I do prioritize creating. Uh I think I've mentioned that. You asked me earlier, like how did I know that I would structure my life around being creative or something like this? Do you remember asking me? Yeah,
1: okay, yeah. So let's go back to when we were talking about when you were in like elementary school and you're in this special program and you're exploring Exploring different things, getting to know
2: the landscape of programs, and animals, gotcha. and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, how did you get from there to music, and then knowing that you were pursuing music uh, for college? Oh, pursuing music for college? Well, that one wasn't that. That one was just like, I wasn't interested in anything else, and I knew that I had to go to college, so I figured I might as well study that. Oh, okay. Honestly. Yeah, that was kind of my approach to it at the time, actually. Um, yeah, I knew I had to go, not necessarily because I really wanted to go to college, but because I, I needed to get away from my family. I just needed to go be on my own for a little bit. Um, and so I, yeah, I went to school just west of Chicago and, uh, it was, you know, it was great. I, I did enjoy learning, but you know, it, it is tough to come out of that experience and really still enjoy music. Mm-hmm. Or you know those creative passions because like you know they kind of if you're not like so passionate about it it's just gonna kill you, it's just gonna kill you. not necessarily I'm not trying to ascribe a, a, a uniform experience or folks but you know I really think that if you're doing if you're not doing what the professors tell you if you're doing just like your own thing you're gonna have a better time <laughs> uh, if in, in music school or perhaps the same as in visual arts, but I don't know at least that's that's what I believe uh, again not trying to like be a, prescribing any experience I don't want anything. Um, but after music school, I pretty much yeah, I went I lived I, We moved to Portland, but 2 months after that is when I moved to, to Oregon. And I was only I was in Fossil right? And I had so much free time. School, I only worked from 12 to 12 to 3, Monday through Thursday. And then I would teach private lessons after school. Sometimes I'd teach one 30-minute lesson after. Sometimes I would teach until 6 p.m. Um, and, but I had, that was only Monday through Thursday. The school couldn't afford to get the teachers for Fridays. So I had three day weekends, every weekend. And I only started my day at noon. And so what I did is I actually would wake up really early. I woke up at 5.30, even though I didn't have to go to the school I wake up at 5.30. Uh, I don't remember the exact order, but I believe it was running. Uh, no, meditating. I would meditate for half an hour. I go to run around fossil, um, or stretch, I suppose, and then go on a run. Uh, I make breakfast. I would practice my bass. I was taking this like online physics class. Uh, I would make lunch and then I would go teach. So I made uh, between 5.30 and noon, right? I did those, those things and I just kind of like, you know, got on a routine and like, why? <sighs> I really, again, I'll, I'll, I think I may have said this earlier. I really believe in being productive for, you know, just. There's so much to, to consume and explore, or right? Create more than you consume. Oh, I'm so glad I came back to that. Because I, did I finish telling the story about on High Existence, this website? I don't know that I did. No, I don't uh, think so, actually. So it was this website, High Existence. And there was this article. And I've tried finding this article since. I really have. And I cannot find it. But it was just talking about that idea of creating more than you consume. creating uh, create, not, necessarily, yeah, like create greater than you consume, or like create more than you consume. Um, and that just always stuck with me. And I read that pretty early on, honestly, when I was maybe 17 or 18. And that was pretty cool. Um, but then, okay, so I lived in Fossil, and so I had a lot of free time and I was creating, I was creating, I was creating. And then I, <clears throat> we moved, I don't remember quite when, but I started working full-time at a place. And it was the first time I worked full-time for a summer in college, uh, but only for a summer. And I really, I remember hate. I remember really just detesting that experience working full-time, not being able to devoting most of my time and energy and resources, maybe not resources, but just time and energy. I mean your mental self.
1: resources.
2: Yeah. Right on, right on mental and emotional resources. Yeah. Right on. Uh, to this activity that just was just this monetary exchange for my time, energy, and natural resources, like, you know, I would much rather have done my own stuff. But that was just the summer, and then you know, went back to being part time in school, playing in the, uh, the jazz bands, writing the music classes, that sort of thing. It was great, it was awesome, it was fun. And I also went to liberal liberal arts school, you know, just to kind of like mini tangent. Uh, liberal arts school, I, I did a lot of things, including taking intro to world religions. Uh, uh, Buddhist classes, just kind of learning those traditions, understanding that even though I grew up in an evangelical Baptist church until I left, it's one of the reasons I had to leave when I was eighteen. Uh, the, the way that that Eastern especially East Asian traditions um, discuss the relationship with the divine really makes works with me in the way that I understand that. That, that relationship, that dance partner relationship. Uh, so it was just really nice to, to do that. So back to being at my school. Um, so I was there doing things again. When we moved to Kansas City. No, when we moved to Portland. Okay, so we moved to Portland after college. And that's also a tangent I could go on, but it won't be. I played in... S- I had seven, I played in seven bands and had four part-time jobs. Uh, it was just like, and again, being super organized, my schedule was very, I was very on top of my calendar. Very, very on top of my calendar. My my recommendation with calendars is as soon as you think of something, do it, put it on the calendar right then and there. If you need to like, as you are texting a person about meeting, put it on your calendar, potential Josh, right? So that you already have it on there so that you know, like when that day comes, if, if you need to double check, be like in the morning, like, yo, are we still doing this? You know, because it still says potential. If Josh confirms, just, you know, take it, take it off. Take, take the potential off. Just say, you're meeting Josh. Type thing. You know, like being organized like that. So, seven bands 4 part-time gigs. Very, very... That is like
1: a record.
2: Very flow with life kind of going. Right? Moved to Kansas City. Um... Uh, I did work part-time. I worked part-time first at a set of cell phone shop. That's another change and I won't go down. Just my experience with cell phone repair. Uh, that's currently my, what well, my job is at the Apple store. Um, I fix cell phones, but I've been fixing cell phones since 2012. It was my part-time job to pay rent in college. Uh, and it has just, you know, been really great to move from city to city and be able to fix cell phones very efficient. I've been doing it for a long time and not just cell phones, iPads, uh, not just iPhones, but also, you know, like really any electronic device. I also, fixed xboxes and playstation 3s uh, you know those sorts of things um,
1: did you teach yourself how to do that
2: uh not necessarily i guess i had instructors at the places where i worked you know they kind of took me on and uh instructed me especially at the beginning dan schultz was one kyle Berg, Derek Tran, uh Derek uh thomas yeah yeah hmm. yeah they were they were good instructors uh they were good instructors. Um, but, okay, so I, w- I had that job. And it was very fluid. It worked very easily with my schedule because it was just right off of campus. Uh, and so, like, you know, my life, again, very fluid just writing, uh, doing my college work and everything. Or, or, excuse me, moving, coming back to Kansas City. Oh, um, sorry. I, I just got confused in the timeline. Goodness. <laughs> okay, so came back to Kansas City and worked at a cell phone shop. And it was part-time because my wife and I just had understood that the... the that I needed to, that I very much have uh, this urge to create. If I don't create, I under, I recognize that I can become, become, become irritable. If I don't create for a few days, I can become pretty irritable and difficult to work with. I have recognized this about myself, um, and I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Um, and so I we had we had agreed that I would just work part time. And so I did that and then I ended up leaving that, that job, um, and started working, uh, organizing a food pantry in Kansas City, Kansas. And I was part-time there. No, I got hired on the full-time because my wife and I realized that like, Hey, it'd be great to have these benefits. Um, it would be great to, uh, have just that much more financial stability, uh, because again, still prioritizing student loans. I've prioritized student loans since the second I graduated. Financially prioritizing it. You know, from the you know it's got to start sometime. And if it hasn't started yet, you know, there's no there's no time like the present. And just like make a holiday about it. Whatever, what is today? Uh, April, what's today? Oh, well, April, April 4th, 4th is today. April 4th. Okay, so like whenever day it is, but today is April 4th. You know, if today's a day, April 4th, that, that, uh, that. It's also Easter. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. It is. Uh, yeah. Today's the day that you, uh, make, decide to make a holiday. Okay. Today I'm, I'm the holiday of when I started, decided to pay off my student loans. You know, make today a holiday. April 4th. I, I celebrate the day. Of, you know, make a positive association. Make as many positive associations as you can with, with something that is so heavy. Yeah, you know, as student, as, as deck. Uh, shucks, I got uh change Okay, okay, okay. So I started working at Crosslines uh, full-time. And then I started just, right, I said if I don't create for a few days, I get irritable. Working in a food pantry was just such, a, and took up so many of my mental resources that I was not able to create uh, when I got home because I was just spent from the day. Yeah. Because, you know, just really trying to have conversations with these folks and trying to, Really understand their life experience. Um, having conversations, just seeing tragedy, drama, just seeing how difficult life can be for some folks. Uh, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of, and I just, again, it, I needed to create. I needed to create. And so I agreed with my, my boss and the owner that I wanted to switch to part time. Um, and they were able to entertain the idea so that we were able to hire someone part time so that it could be much more fluid. And it was awesome. Like I was really able to communicate with the other part timer that, uh, just like a, a schedule that worked for both of us. It was awesome. And then he had to leave and I was able to get another one in. But then the organization realized that they needed, uh, they needed that position to be full time just for consistency of communication between myself and the other part timer, uh, so they i i left there under very good conditions uh i still serve on the young professionals board there actually on may 20th i'm hosting a uh, a, a paint and sip fundraiser event for Crosslines Community outreach uh, i don't know where people can get details for it maybe i'll put that on my website on the visual art page we can put yeah, a link I'll,
1: in this description
2: Phenomenal. Yeah. I think tomorrow, because we just had our, our most recent meeting this past Thursday, I think tomorrow's when the event is going to get finalized. In fact, you know, because I'm thinking about it, here we go. Right on. Here's the example. Because I'm thinking about it, I'm just going to send the person the message I need to, because it might potentially be on me now. The ball might be in my court since they sent the description. But I think we're still waiting on those logos. But because I'm, I want to make this happen, I'm going to do this right now. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thank you for letting us into like the inner workings of your mind here. <laughs> it's it's constantly go, I'm telling you, like honey bee and honey do. My wife really helps me balance. Like tonight my dad's coming over, uh we're gonna chill on the, the front porch and just kinda you know, just talk about things because that's part of the relationship mending that i am engaged with, with him. It's just talking. Which is you know, really important. Just having gentle conversations. I just think uh, well, okay. I know,
1: that I know. I I definitely,
2: is. I really relate to like the
1: cyclical aspect of wanting stability and working
2: a lot on things that are not my art and then freaking out yeah. about not making enough art and then having to change yeah. directions and then making art and then freaking out about not having <laughs> enough stability. Yeah, no, I hear that. Honestly, okay. So I am extremely grateful for my job at the Apple Store. Like, I could not speak highly enough about how we as employees are treated, the benefits that we get, even as part-time employees. My wife, I get health, dental vision. Um, and my my wife gets that as well. And you don't have, even have to be married. You're, you can be domestic partners for, you just have to show that you've been domestic partners for a year. And that person can also get uh, health and health, dental vision even if you're part- time uh, we, get, we get discounted stock um, the amount of money that we we can track volunteer time really easily so I, I volunteer with a couple of organizations in town art as mentorship which is a, a youth music nonprofit and the cross lines professional board with uh, like paintings and events, things like this organizing those um, that I can track that volunteer time and then Apple will like you know just donate donate a you know solid amount of money for my time which is so, great, great, cool, awesome. Uh, it's really interesting. I mean, I know it's weird to talk highly about like, like something so uh, massive in the capitalist structure, but I mean, maybe the reason they're so massive is because they are doing something, they are doing it right. I mean, obviously, yeah. there's a lot of things that, that something at that huge level is are doing wrong, but like, I know that I'm taking care of. When COVID started, okay, so we have been receiving weekly COVID tests since July. All employees. That's $100 of a, a, a test. Just like a self, no slot. You drop it off at, uh, FedEx, right? Since July, been doing that. Um, which is awesome. There was a period of time. So if you exhibit, even still to this time, if you exhibit any sort of, um, COVID symptoms, then they, they had created this like special sick time, which was infinite. So basically you could say, I, I'm sick with, with COVID symptoms. You just got to take sick time. You got to get. You didn't have to worry about your pay. You just stayed home, and, and or not stayed home because, like, we transitioned to work from home. This, can, uh, yeah, we transitioned to work from home, and so we just didn't get to work for that time, or didn't have to work for that time, and we didn't have to worry about being paid, and it was infinite. So there was a period of time when I got sick for two weeks, or yeah, with every like every COVID sickness, but I tested negative four times. From like various different places. Very odd. COVID is very odd. Apparently there's still a lot of people dying from the UK variant with, uh, over in India, which is, uh, which is like a heavy sort of irony because of, of just British rule, uh, on India for as long as they had it. So it, the, the UK variant is really, really wreaking havoc over there. And then the Brazilian variant, uh, is immune to the antibodies. And even with the vaccines, you're not hundred percent vaccinated, like 95 to 91%. Um, so I think it is important to still remember that the pandemic exists, but I understand that pandemic fatigue is a thing also. And like, you know, hanging out with people, we just had a bonfire in the back and we had people in the back. And, you know, now that it's becoming warmer, it's nice to be able to have those sorts of events again. But I'm mean, just, I think what I'm trying to say in this moment is that, uh, it is still real. People are still dying. Even though it's not everyone, so it's a lot of people. I mean, even if like, you know, do you how responsible does an individual want to be for someone else's? Yeah, ah, that sounds so heavy. But I mean, that's kind of like what it is. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, That's
1: it's
2: probably a very direct way. Of putting it. Yeah. Especially with all the unknowns. Yeah, there are so many variables. It's so funky. It's so yeah. funky. Uh, I feel like I went on the tangent though from the previous thing. Oh, Apple. I was talking about Apple. Yeah. So I, I mean, I made a very, very fortunate position. Uh, I'm not saying that I've always been in a very fortunate position financially to be in. Uh, it's when I lived in Fossil. I mean, I was very, very poor. I was very poor. Um,
0: but you know, that resulted
2: in me finding how to, how to spend my time, including going on 12 mile hikes. Or just like hiking to the top of the nearest bridge and hanging out under that tree yeah. Yeah. Ah, that time was really special yeah, so I suppose to go back to the question uh i i I enjoy working at w two job because I know that I will always have a stream of income. I know that I could, will always be my student debt and you know, can still put money in my savings. Those sorts of things.
1: Do you think that helps helps you be able to be in the right mindset to create because you're
2: not having to worry about like that base level? Mm-hmm. You know, hmm oh yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't give two hoots about if anyone likes my stuff. It's just I I can create whatever I want to create and not worry if it's going to sell. Fortunately, people do enjoy my stuff. That's like you know very grateful for that, but. Uh, you know, I, I don't care. Maybe people are into this. I mean, I'm into this. I'm into this. This is fun. I'm really I'm into it. I'm really? Yeah. I'm really. I need to do video really soon for this podcast. Oh, right on. Yeah. That'd be cool. I guess I, I might have been able to do you have an Apple computer? Yeah.
1: I mean, I am actually recording the
2: video. I just delete the video part. Oh, why don't you just put it on a uh, YouTube? I don't know. It's I really all I've got to do. Maybe I'll put this one on YouTube. Maybe this will
1: be the first one that I high do.
2: <laughs> that was a high five. Huh.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm just one thing at a time, I guess. I guess because I edit the audio, I don't think yeah, I need to edit sure. the
2: video. You probably don't need to edit the video, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I theater. could. I
1: could. I know how.
2: Sure. Yeah, I mean. It might take some time. Like, I would, you know, don't, don't pressure yourself to get it done in any amount of time. Just like when you find yourself inspired to work on it, I would say, right? Yeah. Yeah, just a positive association with it. And you I might think if I just, so-
1: yeah, just embrace the authentic feed capture and
2: just put it up there, that would probably be way more likely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, why over-complicate it? I suppose. Although editing could result in a very beautiful product, but also, yeah, the direct feed still I mean that's what i there are some Joe Rogan conversations that I really do enjoy. I know that there's controversy over some of them i'm I'm not sure, but i i one that really stands out for uh uh that i am that that really was incredible to me was talking with this man that lives like just way in the deep tundra of Alaska he just built himself a cabin out there, deep deep tundra, and just you know his experience hunting hiking, fending off wolves it's just Really oh. fascinating, uh, and the, his his uh video feeds are are live, like he's just pretty. Helpful. I think there are two cameras, but I mean, I don't know what what view have you had, have you had you on?
1: Oh, I mean,
2: I guess it's does I don't
1: know. We'll find out after this. I'll officially uh, look
2: into the
1: video. I like I, I
2: like the Joe Rogan show though. Yeah, it's I, a friend of mine, Josh, told me that uh, they're, they're recently moving exclusively to Spotify and that they removed uh, some of the conversations with conservative minded people. And I don't necessarily know. And yeah, that doesn't necessarily foster conversation. I don't think that, that that is necessarily a healthy thing to do in this moment. I think that inhibits conversation and in communication. Um, it is difficult sometimes to speak with people, but I think that it requires patience and recognize that you're not trying to transform someone in a single conversation, but rather perhaps uh listen <laughs> and and respond carefully and tactfully, I suppose.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean somebody has to be that bridge if you want to bring that person back to
2: get their side instead of moving yeah. further out on different islands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's so interesting, too. It's so, one of the fascinating things about me, you know, about, this, about this existence, in reality, society, culture, I'm not entirely sure, is, um, is that that is uh, sort of glorified. Um, uh, I kind of lost track in the in the moment. Again, getting enamored with the idea. Could you remind me of, of exactly where we are in the conversation?
1: You were talking about the the controversy around removing some of the Joe Rogan podcast from Spotify.
2: Oh calls. sure. Yeah, that just doesn't so foster conversation. I don't think, I think that it really requires an individual to be tactful, um, in, in the way that, that ideas are presented and to just listen, uh, sometimes just, you know, fostering healthy communication because, you know, we're all just humans trying to have a great experience and, you know, sometimes, ah, yeah, uh, I get pretty emotional when I talk about this kind of stuff. I'm sorry that it's not coming out very clear at the moment. It's all good. This
1: has definitely been the last couple of years. It's been really intense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for a variety of reasons. And I don't necessarily know that, I've, that I have processed the political chaos because of just the own sort of personal chaos that I was Confronted with them and forced, not forced, I don't want to use that word, and, and chose to deal with.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's her took with a lot of my interviewing. So, to be honest, I, the Capitol didn't really shock me in an emotional way, the, the assault, assault on the Capitol. Uh, I think it was because I don't think that group, I'm not sure. There's just, Hmm. I'm not entirely sure if we want to go down this sort of path if it's not a more fully formed thought actually. You so. can have a no comment. And, uh, yeah, right on that's Yeah.
1: It's like a whole nother other rabbit
2: hole. But Yeah, truly for your yes, honesty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean again just trying to communicate clearly. Yeah. Out. Well and thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. This is really cool. I really am excited to, to listen back. Uh, really excited to keep listening to the other podcasts that you've done, uh, the other episodes on Archives for Aliens. To keep looking at your art. That skateboard is so cool. Skateboard is rad. I've really been enjoying looking at that. It reminds me of DNA.
1: Oh, yeah, you actually had asked about this another time. I forgot. Really? It was in a hmm. show. Um, which I need to get you the info for that. There's, like, a skate deck
2: show here every year. Where? It. At Fort Fort and oh. Brewery. I think okay. right. they've what? it three years now. So what material you know what going? Going? Oh, my God. That would be so much fun. That would be so much fun. Yeah.
0: Whoa. I would love
2: to see I'll your stuff on a skateboard. I'd probably, yeah. Oh, I could. So, oh, my God. I have imagining so many things right now looking at the skate deck and thinking of what could be on it. I really love skateboarding. I've I've been doing that since seventh grade. Uh I don't do it. I sometimes I do it with my friend Sky. But Yeah. You definitely you just,
1: have so many passions. It is really hard hard to I mean
2: like I a had network, a giant network of <laughs> passions. And out comes yeah. beautiful
1: music and beautiful art. Thank you. Thank you. That's very kind. Oh, definitely! Yeah, everyone needs to go check out your art. We'll put a link to that um, and your music and any other yeah. events that you have upcoming. We'll have we'll have all the info in the show notes. And Perfect. the last question I have for you is: you get to leave the listeners with a
2: weekly challenge. This can be anything that they do, say, feel, or think about for the week. Okay, I would relate it back to the story from the island, from the book The Island. Practice, practice the chewing meditation. Practice when consuming the first bite of a meal, closing your eyes and just chewing every bite, tasting every flavor, noticing every change in texture, how your mouth is feeling, how your jaw is feeling, just experiencing that first bite, and then you can go back to that you know, regular sort of routine of consuming, but just, yeah, that that's, that's, uh, that's it. That
1: was a really cool challenge.
2: <laughs>
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for thinking of that, and if anyone wants to send in their experience uh, or something that you learned throughout this challenge, please reach out to me. I can leave a comment on the main
2: podcast link, or send me an email, or find me wherever you can find me. And I'm going to be doing a future episode, including uh, how everyone who listens to the podcast has responded to the weekly challenge. So, thank you so much.
1: Thank you again awesome. for being here and sharing your story, sharing... It's, not even, it's more than a story. Yeah, we, we actually really got to look inside of your mind.
2: Hmm. Wow.
1: So thank you, oh. <laughs> thank you for showing up so authentically
2: and and being so honest with yourself. I think that's really cool. This is really cool. Thank so. you, thank you. I really appreciate the recognition. I mean, I told you I came into this so full of life. I just came from like an hour and a half of plenary planting. The weather was beautiful today. It was just. Uh, I, just you know? I
1: just want to say, I'm so glad that I know you.
2: I'm so
1: oh, glad wow. that we met
2: yes connected. yes likewise oh uh, i concur deeply you are so cool i'm really grateful for this experience i'm really grateful that i get to see your art like i said i if i may request i would love to see the some process the videos uh, you know i think that could be really neat yeah
1: and i i would love to see your show and i need to get to kansas city more often Um, As the world gets to
2: be a little bit more normal, that's one of my upcoming goals. For sure. Yeah, well, depending on on what the scenario is like throughout the year, I do have shows all throughout the year. Uh, I do have it listed on my website on the visual art page. Amazing. Uh, But yeah, so I'm pretty stoked. This next one at May, I'm really, very very excited for, very excited for.
1: Alright everyone, happy creating and I'll talk to you again next week for more Archives for Aliens.